Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, NJPW has a brand spanking new exciting champion. AEW has a big time signee that comes in with Vicky Guerrero, the heater. And we have an NXT pay-per-view. Are you shaking your head at me during my intro? No. And and NXT has a pay-per-view coming out of that and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band for Ringside podcast. I I saw it. I saw it. It's secure ass. I was not shaking my head at you. I saw it. No, it's fine. No big deal. No big deal. Here we go already. The ditch set nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Mark. So welcome to the Band for Ringside podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagy, a.k.a. Ball Smart Village. Little local flavor for you guys. A little local flavor. St. Louis has had some good wrestling news this past week, so that's a little local flavor. Right. That's great. And over here in Illinois, uh, two beers that cold. Two beer, talk to you. What's going and on? Out there, and I, I don't know what just happened <laughs> to my microphone. Out there in Edwardsville, Illinois, we have two beers at Coleman. What's going on, two beer? Uh, only in Edwardsville for a few more days longer. Uh, I am just in pure misery move mode. Just, uh, I'm packing my three bedroom house for a move across the country, and I'm also packing for a two week vacation before. We move out across the country. They're taking all our shit and U-Haul pods, and we're driving out uh, on our own uh, and taking two weeks to get out there. So I'm like, it's, there's a lot, a lot, a lot happening, and I needed a break. So okay, I'm glad well, this happened. Well, tell everybody where you're going, so that way we can all kind of, you know, commiserate in your misery. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm just going to Portland, Oregon. So, so, so no, you, no house, no job, uh, just a meager savings account and a heart full of hope. <laughs> God, that but I also I just got teary. I did, have a, uh, I did also have a job interview like yesterday, which added to the stress. So yeah, no, that that should be a good thing, man. That you know that's potential, you know, employment on the horizon. Let me introduce everybody. And sitting right across from me at his beautiful South City apartment in Steamy. I think it was Steamy last time I was here too. It is fucking humid here in St. Louis. Yeah. Jason Cornelius Bell, what's going on, JCB? Oh, you know, same old shit allows to bow our heads as I read from the latest edition of the Band from Ringside podcast, volume 209, chapter 3, verse 14, and the good smart say it, hashtag boo the heels. It is all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat. Um, interesting week of wrestling all the way around. I mean, even at the end with the uh, the NWA coming out and saying that they're going to have the uh, the all-women show here in August. It's even before that. It was still really interesting. It's a lot of ground to cover. Got predictions at the end. I'm ready to do the damn Well, thing. not only we, – we can just say it right here because we are based in St. Louis, as uh, listeners know. Or if N- you don't know. NWA has announced that they're going to do, I think, four nights in a row at Wrestling at the Chase. The last time Wrestling at the Chase was here in St. Louis is 1983. And for those of you that aren't familiar, Wrestling at the Chase was kind of the heart and soul of NWA. My grandfather used to talk about Wrestling at the Chase. My dad used to talk about Wrestling at the Chase, even though my dad only went there when he was a kid. But it is 
the the St. Louis area, as far as I can tell, and I, I'm even not even on my wrestling Twitter page. I'm on my regular one. People are excited about this. This seems like a pretty big deal, so it's pretty cool. And also, St. Louis is also getting full gear in November. I think November 6th, right? So Sounds right, yeah. Tickets still, still not on sale just yet. I'm waiting patiently to, for that announcement so we can scoop up the tickets. But, yeah, um, the Wrestling Edge of Chase deal is four days from the 28th of August to the 31st. Uh, it didn't say on this article what day the actual – women's uh, event is. I'm not sure they said it I think it's yet. August 26th through 28th. No, it's the 28th. 28th through the 31st. I just, yep. I just oh, okay. I'm Sorry. looking at it yep. right now. Because that's when uh, my child, if my child comes on time, will be exactly five days old. So that's pretty cool. Okay, so, yeah. You know, well, we need to like sh- you, if he's anything like you, he'll come pretty early. We did not set that up. We did not set that up. You know, I went to Zach's house uh, on Sunday. I hope nobody who was there is listening to this. Because I went to Zach's house on Sunday. Oh, shit. And I had a couple fireballs on the way there and Why you know you? i was getting ready to have a good time my wife's pregnant she's my dd so i'm gonna get a little fucked up you know why wouldn't you i get there i'm like hey zach i got some fireballs for you You know what this motherfucker tells me i ain't drinking what that's what he said i ain't drinking well, so, okay so, so what's the excuse you should have seen me friday you should have seen me friday but you didn't because you left mm. work way too early and i went to your work and i drank so much and then I went down the street and I drank even more. And then I took an Uber to the hill and I threw up all over an Airbnb. Motherfucker, who stays at work after they get off? <laughs> Fuck you, man. That's not even the point. The point is I went into your bathroom to the house that you're getting ready to move out of. And I took a big hit of weed. And it was it might have been more weed than I was ready to take because I was high as fuck as I walked back out into that party. And, man, I tell you what. I had a great time. <laughs> Dude, every, everybody, everybody loved you. It was pretty. It was pretty funny. Like uh, a couple Gee, people were why. like, "Is that is that your is that your brother?" And I was like, "Yeah." Nah, uh, but uh, uh, yeah. Uh, real quick, back to the wrestling at the chase. Uh, I've read like some history about it because uh, it's St. Louis, and like Phil said, like our grandparents talk about it, our parents talk about it. It was such a mega cultural thing. Uh, but if you guys are looking into like seeing a little bit more about it, uh, or Reading a little bit more, Larry Matisik, um has mm. uh, a couple of really good books. Uh, so Sam Muchnick was like the promoter, and like the thing about wrestling at the Chase and Sam Muchnick, part of the NWA was like everything made sense. It was like such tight booking. You never did anything just to do it. You did it to set up something else, and it's just kind of a, a lost art. Uh, and it was very classy. The Chase Park Plaza is like the nicest hotel in town. Uh, so like these people are like going to wrestling. And still might be. And, like, yeah, it still might be. And like they're wrestling underneath chandeliers and shit. Just, just awesome. Um, so anyway, uh, very, very cool. Very excited. Of course, all of this happens when I'm leaving St. Louis. So, you know, <laughs> fuck everybody and fuck everything. And without further ado, <laughs> let's get to that three count. Kick us off, Zach. Zach Zach is only with us for a limited amount of time, so we're, Zach's going to take the one count here. Yeah, as soon as my brother-in-law and sister-in-law get off work and show up uh, and start making me do stuff again. That's fair. Uh, so, yeah. But uh, one count is my boy, Shingo Takagi. Uh, that belt has not looked better on anybody else 
and I tell you what, Abushi is a beautiful human being, but something about that belt fits on Shingo, and it's like the first time I've actually liked the belt, is seeing that dude in a very well-fitting suit wearing that motherfucker. And um, classic match, I mean, maybe I haven't decided yet. Um, I think I liked uh, their previous match a little bit more, but this was still a fantastic match. Uh, these are two guys, uh, Kazuchika Okada, one of the best to ever do it. Shingo Takagi, I think also one of the best to ever do it. This title reign might actually kind of put him on the map for future historians, but I think otherwise he might be kind of underrated, right? Because he's not the flashiest. He doesn't have like the big world heavyweight championship title runs. He was in a a relatively smaller promotion, um, you know, Dragon Gate, that's where he really cut his chops. Uh, but now that he's been in New Japan, he's been booked really strong for the last few years, part of uh, arguably the hottest stable, LIJ. Uh, but kind arguably. of in Naito's shadow. Yeah, the hottest stable. Yeah. Get it right, motherfucker. <laughs> but he's one of those guys like Ishii where – you're just glued to the TV whenever he's on. Like, if you're a wrestling fan, and they talk about it in the commentary, like, if you're a wrestler, like Kevin Kelly always says, like, Shingo Takagi has monitor sellouts. Like, all the boys in the back are glued to Shingo's matches uh, because they want to see what he's going to do. And I'll be God if he, I'll, I'll be goddamned if he did not upstage arguably, like, the greatest wrestler in the world. Granted, Okada's coming from a back injury, which they worked the back a lot. They worked it into the story of the match. Um, you know, he's had a rough year. He started out, you know, with a feud with Ujiro that was not good. Um, but, I mean, he just looks so goddamn good in this match. And Okada is so great about pacing a match. I think this thing went 36, 39 minutes. Uh, it was over 35, less than 40. 36.06. Like, yeah, felt like... I don't know, maybe 20. Like, it just it just breezed by. And these guys start wrestling for, uh, you know, a few, the first few minutes, just like actual, like, real deal. Like, chain wrestling starts out a little bit slow, so it's kind of paced like, you know, it's going to be a longer match. Uh, then they start picking up the pace, and Chico takes them outside, starts working the back against the apron, against the, the, the rail. Um, does a made in Japan that looked like it murdered uh, on the floor. That made me wonder. That made me wonder. I mean, of course, Okada is playing up the back injury a lot, but if his back was that fucked up, it's more fucked up now. Well, that made Japan yeah, would have killed him. Would they have, <laughs> yeah, would they have done the spot? Right. But yeah, they get back in the ring and then they start doing the counters. And like we've seen how great Shingo is with with counter wrestling with Will Ospreay. I think that's some of the best counter wrestling I've ever seen in my entire life is Shingo and Will Ospreay and Okada kept right up with him. Those lariats, like the, the pumping bomber that he gave Okada, Jesus Christ, I thought he decapitated him. And the the reverse rainmakers, uh, you know, him like giving him the rainmaker and it all, you know, Death Valley drivers and like I mean I'm just like I'm like going through the match. Like that's how like well thought out and well paced this match is is like I could almost tell you, even though, you know, I haven't watched it, in, you know, in a couple of days, like how this match was laid out. It was like that memorable and that well done. Like I can tell you like when Okada's drop kick came, you know what I mean? It's just like, they're so good at what they do. And I think this was the right move uh, because Okada was not going to be taking it off Osprey. 
And whenever life, you know, throws you lemons, you make lemonade. And what are you going to do? You, you have Okada, who, yeah, who, you know, he's great. He's used to being that guy. But, like, look at all the fresh championship matches that you can have with Shingo. Uh, Tanahashi just beat Shingo for that never open weight title not too long ago. You can put Tanahashi in there, maybe help sell. And Abushi's up first. Coming up. Abushi's up first. Uh, you know, if Osprey comes back, that's an instant classic again. You can throw Ishii in there. You can then do, like, the inter, uh, uh, like, stable ones that you wouldn't normally see. Like, throw Sonata or Naito in there, and, like, you're going to have some really great matches. So I think, not just because I'm a Shingo Mark, I think this is a great move. I'm actually, again, very excited about New Japan in a way that I haven't been in a couple months. So uh, props to them for, for having a good show. Second biggest show of the year. Dominion's great uh, for that. Next to the Tokyo Dome show on January 4th is the second biggest. It's like the, the Royal Rumble or the SummerSlam of New Japan. So, GCB, what do you think? I can't disagree with anything that Tupir has said at the, up to this point. Um, just I'll go kind of backwards uh, and then go back to where the, the initial point is. Just kind of piggybacking off of, of potential opponents if you said you know before this match who your g1 uh winners would be shingo would probably be at the top of the list now he's the champion still could be still could be still could be you know it's it's been a while since we've had a uh the champion win the g1 you know what has only happened like twice sounds right omega and uh i can't think who did it beforehand but I think it's only been two times. Anyway, let's just say for the sake of argument, it doesn't happen again. That's where I think Naido comes into play for the fact that you do have that uh, interfaction rivalry that that will brew. I mean, I don't care what anybody says at this point. Naido and Sonata going for the tag tiles sounds good. It's a good distraction. But ultimately, Naido is going to want to have his name marked in the history, not only being IWGP Intercontinental Champion, double champion, IWGP Heavyweight Champion, you know, the whole shebang. You know, this is going to have to be something where if Shingo holds it long enough, we'll cross that bridge. I think Okada is is going to have to get ran back. I think that's the other guy now that could get, uh, if he wins the G1, that's the other guy that can get that rematch. But like, said, there's so many different new opponents. I was thinking not even immediately, but Suzuki was one of the guys that I was thinking about that could get a title shot because he and Shingo had some great matches going over the Neverweight Championship. So I'm not going to lie. I was shocked when it happened. I watched it live. I was like, oh, shit. And I sat there for like two seconds. I was like, damn, this shit just happened. But I wasn't too, too surprised because Okada isn't the Okada that we knew when this podcast started. This was a dominant champion, healthy as fuck, taking all contenders out. This isn't the same guy. I think at some point, and I'll pass it over, the Rainmaker finisher comes back because he couldn't finish shingle with the money clip the rainmaker came out and didn't finish him but it was if he kept with it 
that's how he's always won matches in the past. He never came away from the Rainmaker. If Okada wins it, I think it's going to be on the heels of the Rainmaker finisher. Another story for another time. Shingo is a great move just for the fact that we're doing different things. It's not just going to Okada. Now I think it'll it, work out better than evil. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Last time we got thrown an audible. Right. Okay. This one is going to work because the not only the wrestler is better, but I think you have, like you said, the a potential opponents can really start to boggle the imagination. If Jay White comes back, there's another one right there. Uh, a lot to unpack there. <laughs> um, I, first of all, I'll say first and foremost that this is the right move. I watched this match with no spoilers. I completely expected Okada to go over. Of course. You know, like Shingo, you know, it's pretty rare that a wrestling promotion strikes while the iron hot when the guy is like, he's on fire, right. you know, he, like a loss yeah, to Will Ospreay wasn't the worst thing no. that happened and to, Shingo, to Shingo. No, and that was a match of the year candidate. And this was the time to strike while the iron was hot. This is when WWE fucked up Braun Strowman. Like, just you got to lean into it a little bit and then ride it to the top. You know, it's like you're power bouncing somebody on a fucking trampoline. It's like he's getting ready. He's coming down. Now fucking power bounce him up. I was shocked what what is shingo's uh finisher called Le- uh the kiss of the dragon or uh oh it's the last strike not the last strike. I, I was that like was oh movie. well they're gonna have okada kick out of this and this yeah. is gonna suck and then it landed and i was like holy shit fucking nice Wait, so this is the three count what <laughs> this is by far the right move this you think so oh i do too i i yes i do because i think that if okada wins again if Okada comes out of Dominion as the champion, there's almost there's there's no buzz. It's like, oh, well, this is, you know, of course Okada has it. Well, then Shingo has it, who's kind of been the – I know everybody that watches NJPW is a bunch of marks like us, but, like, this is really the marks pick. And he has been – On the cusp, it feels like. Right, and Kevin Kelly said something during the match. He's like, he has wrestled far more singles matches – in the last 365 days than anybody else. And I think they said he was uh, 32 and three or something like that. Something like that. It was a ridiculous stat. Yeah, it was a ridiculous stat, which I Yeah, he's only lost a few, yeah. And which I really like Kevin Kelly throwing that in there. This was a Uh, good match. Shout out to Chris Samson Mm -hmm. on Twitter. Yeah, that's a good, that's a really good follow if you like New Japan. Oh, yeah. Chris Samson is fucking awesome. It's New Japan, and you like the numbers on top of it because that's basically the the statistician for New Japan. So, I mean, for me personally, you know, New Japan to me is number one, and if you start throwing numbers out there to kind of, you know, build the match, that's really all I need. Just roll the ball out and just let him play. And who better to put I him bet, over? I bet Chris Samsa fucks at least four times a week. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll just tweet him. I was going to say five or six. It. Yeah, I was about to say, see what it is. <laughs> I'll say, come on, man. You better get it out the way now. It's going to say a new uh, tour starts on Monday. Okada. I bet he fucks one less time than Adam Page. That's it. Okada is the right guy to put Shingo over. True story. And now you have 
like you said, well, Shingo put him over last time really well, and he put over the money clip. It was the first time that we actually believed in the money clip. All these fresh matchups, though, for the yeah. championship that can happen coming out of this, it's uh, very cool. Shingo obviously fucking rules. Um, it wasn't my favorite match. I think that those guys had a better match. Uh, when was it? In the G1? Uh, New Japan Cup was their most oh, recent Oh, New Japan match. Cup. Yeah, sorry. Um, that, money clip, that money clip just drags the match down. Like, when he puts on that money clip, it's like, dude, if you have a submission that you have to apply four or five times a match and still nobody taps out to it, Maybe it's a shitty fucking submission. <laughs> it just looks like you're stretching out the shoulders real good, man. Like, like come uh, hey, Okada, come here and put the fucking money clip on me, man. All I do is sit over a computer all day. That would look. That looks really nice. Looks like stretches. Looks like it stretches out your delts a little bit. You know, like come here and put the money clip on me. Um, oh, you ain't shit. Fuck, I, for, I forgot what else I was <laughs> gonna say. Get. That's what you get. I uh, I love the decision, though, because NJPW had been, I don't want to say getting stale, but, you know, it, there's, you know, Will Ospreay having to vacate the title left a bad taste. You know, even Will Ospreay coming up and getting the title, there was a couple parts that I, I wasn't a fan of at all. I agree. And so I was a little down on the product, and it sucks being down on NJPW, because NJPW, for the last three years, for me at least, has been, you know, the saving the grace. Like, wh- whenever whenever you get a little disillusioned right. with the pro wrestling business, at least NJPW comes around every once in a while and picks you back up, and you're like, oh, this is what a fucking great match could be. This is the other thing I was going to say, and... You you know, we've been heaping praise on it, so it's fair. I'm going to – not every single main event match has to be over 30 minutes. Because, it, like, truthfully, as a viewer, I don't really pay that much attention to the first 10 minutes of any match. I just know that the last seven or eight minutes are going to be the most fire shit I've ever seen. <laughs> so there were a lot of headlocks at the beginning of this match. It's like, come that's on. That's also – that's also WWE programming you. Like, you've been programmed from WWE because that's, that's how they lay out matches to where it, like, nothing matters until, like, the last couple minutes. But with uh, Japan, no. you, always, you oh. can always expect, I will, like, a long I will push event. back on that. I will push back on that like a motherfucker because when Brock Lesnar and Bill Goldberg, when they were having that huge match at SummerSlam or whatever it was. Oh, my God. The guys that have the two shortest matches in, like, WWE. Well, Goldberg does, (laughs) but this was Goldberg's first match back. Hold on a second. At least they gave me something that surprised the fuck out of me because I'll never forget where I was when Bill Goldberg speared Lesnar and it was over. Now, listen, of course. That's, like, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to do that. They don't. I mean, it's just, like. Why would a different mentality to approaching match design is all. Yeah, but there do that. Now listen, on the same card, we had Abushi and Jeff Cobb have a really tight banger of a fourteen and a half minute match, like just a, felt like twenty twenty five. Not a waste, but there wasn't a wasted sake or not a no. wasted. No, but, but no, I'm not disagreeing with you by any stretch of imagination. I'm Please just, don't. I'm just going to say that. Even though <laughs> I can't, I mean, shit, it's on tape. You know, you go look at it for yourself. It just felt like this one 
was a little longer just because it, the pace was a little slower. There was until the end, it never really picked up. And, there, and I don't have a problem with that. Jeff Cobb is not supposed to be, you know, running around across the ring. You I know, feel like Cobb is. Salts. I feel oh, like wait, Cobb has that. made strides since he since he came back in the first G one that he was in, where he kind of understands more that because there are big spots and there were big spots in that match, and the big spots need to be spread out a little bit more. Agreed. And and it felt like Jeff Cobb. When, when he first came into NJPW, he would have tried, if he was going to wrestle Ibushi, he would have tried to wrestle an Ibushi match. And this time, it felt like Ibushi was wrestling a Jeff Cobb match, and man, that match was fucking great. No, it was, it, Dude, I, I agree with that. I, I, totally agree. Go ahead, Tubir. Oh, I was just going to say, as far as the... Uh, just like the match layouts and stuff, like I would normally agree with you as far as like they don't always have to be over 30 minutes, especially during the evil days where you'd have like 30 minutes and like 15 of it was like run-ins and shit. That shit is obnoxious. Oh, you know uh, what? But- Sorry. That was the other thing I was going to say is that putting the belt on evil wasn't necessarily the bad thing. It's the way that evil was booked after he won the belt, which is the bad thing. Sorry. Go ahead. Totally. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but as far as the, uh, Leading into the Cobb-Abushi uh, match, that's funny that you mentioned that it was 14 because it didn't feel like it. So, like, if you would have asked me, I'd have said, like, 20, 21 mm-hmm. minutes. Like, uh, it, you know, and I, I didn't look it up or anything. I just watched the show. Um, but what I loved about that match was I was expecting danger. I was expecting hard-hitting, and we got some hard-hitting. Like, between the Bomayes and the Kam- uh, um, Kamagoye. Kamagoye, yeah, sorry, had too many yays in there. Um, but uh, you got any between yay? those, uh, not today. Uh, <laughs> uh, but um, you hold? Probably use some with this move. You hold, hold McNeil. Uh, but uh, hold Caulfield. Uh, anyway, uh, the uh, the things that you would expect to be dangerous, like they teased, right? Like, Ibushi's big German suplex that he does, like, off, like, the, the second rope. And I was like, oh, my God, he's going to kill Jeff Cobb. Uh, but he never got him up. And then Jeff Cobb, like, reverses it into, oh, my God, he's going to fucking suplex him outside of the ring off the top. Yeah. Uh, but they just teased it, and then they turned it, you know, into that Frankensteiner, which is just a very athletic Jeff Cobb doing a front flip off the, like, top rope, which is totally fine, right? Like, it's a very flashy move but it's a safe bump for like a guy like Jeff Cobb despite his size but like I expected it to be like a lot worse kind of like you know in Ibushi Naito like where you're just like oh my god they're gonna kill each other but this match felt longer but not in a bad way like whereas the the Okada uh match felt shorter but not in a bad way this felt longer not in a bad way yeah you felt like you got your money's worth yeah I I I I was a big fan of that match I, I just think that Jeff Cobb is uh, he's a really fun a really fun monster. No, I agree. Come, um, come a long way since we uh, saw him in uh, the Alton DFW. Yeah, no shit. Wow, good good call. Um, I, I called it there though. I remember saying to you guys. I remember turning to both of you guys, and I was like, one day this guy's going to fight a bushy, and it's going to be <laughs> fire. <laughs> And you guys don't even on, realize uh, I was on June top of 2021. it. Yeah, no shit. That's, I said that. Yeah, I was going to say he, he he called the pandemic too. Um, I did tweet that I he did. was the highlight of that show, even though he was like right in the mid card. I did tweet that he was the highlight of that show, and he liked my tweet. No, and that's 
Jeff Cobb is one of those guys, and he did it a couple times in this match, that he's doing moves, moonsault aside, off the, uh, the top where you're talking about, well, Frankensteiner in this case, but he did like a standing moonsault or whatever. I mean, come on, dude. Jeff Cobb ain't supposed to be doing that shit. I mean, come on. Really? Really? No, I actually thought that. Like, we've seen it a bunch from him, but I'm like, how long is he going to keep being able to pull this off? Because right. eventually he's just going to be like a, a Suzuki, right? But like a smaller Suzuki, or a bigger Suzuki. Bigger Suzuki, where like, he just, you know, yeah. he just mauls guys around. Which I don't have so like, how long? I was like, when's the last moonsault that you see? It's kind of like whenever you uh, you pick up your kid for the last time and you don't actually know it's the last time that you hold him. But at one point, you pick up your kid. And you never pick him up again because he's too big. <laughs> and that's a sad scene. And one day we're going to see a moonsault from Jeff Cobb, and it's going to be the last one ever. And we're, he's probably the only one that's going to know that. No shit, because, I mean, he's been doing it all his life. So, I mean, he'll be the one and be like, oh, shit, I didn't, all, I, I didn't rotate all the way over. I didn't have a problem with this match. I kind of wish, you know, selfishly that Jeff Cobb won. But Obushi winning makes too much sense. I thought that... Especially when you found out that Shingo won. Well, I mean, you could have played it either way. I thought that especially being the match before the main event, the winner might give away who won the main event, and it really didn't. You know, it was obviously Ibushi, and either way, you slice or dice it, you could have made an argument. Okada should win because of this reason. Shingo should win because of this reason. So, I mean, even coming into the main event, it was still suspenseful. Like I said, for me, I'm not going to lie. I sat there when it happened. I was just like, oh, shit, this just happened. All right. So let me ask. I'll ask Zach this first. How many, assuming that Shingo is still champ, barring any injuries or anything, how many realistic possibilities are there for G1 winners? That's what I love about the G1. I think. There, there are many. Um, there's always at least four, because um, you know the guys that are in the G1. Like you got to think, Jay White's a possibility, Abushi's a possibility, uh, Shinsuke or uh, Shingo is a possibility. Oh, I just got myself excited. Um, <laughs> I was about to say what? Shin- Breaking yeah, news. Yeah, um, you know, and you know, you can't put it past them. To, you know, you can't you can't count Tanahashi out. You know what I mean? Like even still. Um, he, they had kind of some rough booking with him. Uh, there's always at least four and like maybe more, and then it starts to weed out and there's always like some surprise turns and stuff. But yeah, even like, you know, Sonata going to the finals last year. Um, that's what I love about the G1 is it's just so unpredictable. Uh, Jason. Um, I'm, I'm going down the list. Zach you did, didn't say Zach, Jeff Cobb. So, I mean, I'm Zach, didn't, Jeff- Zach didn't even name the one that I was thinking is the front runner unless you Okada? No. No. I mean cuz that could heat him back up. Yeah, you could. I um, think Okada probably needs to take a take a breather. Cobb is a guy that I wouldn't mind seeing winning the G1. I just think that would be a lot um just on the roster of New Japan that I can think of right now. We said I just threw out Cobb, Naido obviously cuz I'm that mark. Well, Hold on. Naido is the one that I think really makes sense because Shingo and Naido are both in LHA, right? And Naido's always been the the leader. The leader, right? Now Shingo has the belt. So can't they mine a little bit of drama 
having Shingo be the big man and then Naito win the G1. And then all of a sudden we got Shingo Naito, maybe at Wrestle Kingdom, maybe before, but. No, it, it would be a Wrestle Kingdom match. I mean, Tubier, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong on this one. The no, winner of the G1. Deal. Yeah, he's got to defend the contract at, one. At Wrestle before, Kingdom. But, but he, yeah. well, yeah, then we would just, let's just assume for the sake of argument, Naito wins the G1. He um, I know you it. like assuming that for the sake of argument, don't you? Of course I do, but it doesn't mean anything if you don't you don't beat Shingo. Mark. Yeah, <laughs> duh. Um, that just leads us up to Shingo and Naito. That to me, and even still, as much as I'm a Naito Mark, I would still expect Shingo to win because that would be arc on this journey. Possibly well, leading back I mean, to lead if Shingo to beats, Will Ospreay. If Shingo beats Naido at Wrestle Kingdom, he's a made man. I think it, if you play your cards right, he he could be made before January 2022. It's exciting. I yeah. want I want him to take it that far because I don't see I don't know Honestly, I, I, think I don't he see can. Osprey coming back, and I he can carry it, and he's the kind of guy that can carry this promotion. Because why do we watch New Japan? We watch it for the great fucking matches. Who gives the best fucking matches? Shingo fucking Takage, yep. right? I mean, that's it's that's hard to argue with. Yeah, I was going to say there has been five IWGP champions in the last 365 days, which is I think the, I think the most ever. I'm pretty sure. I I saw a stat somewhere, and four of them were the first time they held it for the first time ever in those last 365 days. Not title changes, but title holders. Evil. Yeah. Will Ospreay, obviously. Shingo. Abushi. 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 That's. It's a lot of. It sounds like when we talk about it, it's a lot of turnover. But if you stop and think about it, you do the time. Well, there's also things not, that there's there's also that things bad. that they couldn't help. Right. They can't help COVID. Right. They can't help Will Ospreay getting hurt. Right. You know. But, 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 you know, we have to move along. Sure. And in this scenario, even if, let's just say, for the sake of argument, Will Ospreay doesn't get hurt. It's still three in 365 days. That's crazy. And uh, Will Ospreay had me very excited what. again, and Shingo makes me even more excited because Will Ospreay is already talking shit, shit. on Twitter God to Shingo. That, yeah, I know. God bless that dude. <laughs> always on stage, Heal man. up. Heal, heal your ass uh, up. K-Fabe your- always, man. <laughs> There's also something that we haven't talked about because with the Leo Rush uh, retirement, um, him saying that New Japan had given AEW like the blessing to sign him for like North American date um, and such, like it kind of shows uh, the working relationship that we were talking about that we've been dreaming about. So like, I mean, there's also an opportunity, and I think if COVID was not a thing, we might actually get this to where we have like a continuation or a conclusion to the Abushi Omega storyline, right? And how crazy would that be for, like, you know, Omega to, you know, win a G1 or just Fingers show up crossed, and, you man. know... Come on. I mean, that would just be phenomenal, right? Like, uh, so, like, there... I think if COVID was not a thing, it would be even more exciting uh, than it is currently. Just... I'm just going to throw this out there and take it for what it's worth. It can still be done. It might not have titles on the line, but you can still do it. Okay. 
Stone Cold and The Rock is one of my favorite WrestleMania matches. Oh, you're saying you'd still watch it? I I might just stay up and watch (laughs) it. Okay? Stone Cold and Rock is one of my favorite WrestleMania matches, and it had no titles on the line. I think that was up in Toronto. It was Stone Cold's last match. No titles on the line. They built it up to where Rock was like, look, I've done everything but one thing. I haven't beat Stone Cold at WrestleMania. So what's up? You want to do this? And that's basically all you got to do. You, if anybody that watches New Japan on a regular basis, you tell them Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi are going to fight on this date at this time, Psh, please. They don't give a fuck if the title's on the line or not. They're going to be there. All right. Let's get to that two count. To JCB, what's the two count? I'm so used to doing a one count. <laughs> you caught me in mid-drink. Uh, two count is going to be AEW on Friday night. Um, biggest takeaway for me on AEW. I'm sorry. I just, want, I just want to tell you guys that this week I actually watched everything. Everything. I watched New Japan. I watched AEW. I watched Friday. NXT. When did you watch right. it? I didn't watch I didn't watch Raw. Okay, well, yeah, <laughs> nobody watches Raw. <laughs> I watched and it. I watched SmackDown. Okay, oh, you watched all the good shit. Yeah, you had a good way you were wrestling. I did. Um, AEW? All today, starting at 7 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I did it all today. I'm like two a day, shit. Give me a break. On the, on the week of uh, when we close on the 4th of July, <laughs> that's going to be some shit. Another story for another time. Um, AEW, uh, obviously for me, the biggest takeaway is not only the fallout from Double or Nothing, but Andrade coming back, uh, making his debut on AEW, really to me presents a lot of interesting scenarios because now you obviously have the Andrade, Kenny Omega, uh, AAA um Championship match. match at um, was it? Uh, I can't think of the. I was trying to think of the Don't name worry of the about event, it. but now you can have Triple Mania. Triple Mania, thank you. Now you can have Andrade chasing literally the AEW Championship on AEW turf against Kenny Omega as well. Not a huge fan of uh, Vicky Guerrero. She gave a little heat, but I wanted to hear more from from Andrade himself. Wasn't a lot, but for me, he he said what he needed to say, and he said it well enough to where I don't think we had to troll him after the fact, okay? From that point, I think we had a pretty good uh, AEW show from the start. Go ahead, Bill. I I see you over there peeking. Just go ahead and take over. No, I was just thinking about uh, Vicky Guerrero. It kind of made me miss uh, Tia Trinidad, who was a perfect act. I mean... Andrade Elidalo? Is that what they're calling him now? Yeah. It's Andrade Elidalo? It's the idol. He, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't take Spanish, but yeah, I get it. Yeah, I know what it means. You're welcome. Thanks, Jason. Hey, I'm here for you. Uh, he, He's a guy that, he's a guy that probably needs a valet. And I'm not here to talk about how broken his English is because the guy is such a talent, and he came out and looked like such a star. I just found out today that when he came out, that audience had already watched like five hours of wrestling. So it makes sense that the the pop wasn't as big. As the pop expected. wasn't as big as it should have been. 
And I'm also kind of the person who every time something gets released, it's like AEW can't take everybody. No. But AEW Andrade is a perfect guy no, for AEW. Yes, it is exciting. Um, I like him with Vicky Guerrero. I don't love it, but Vicky Guerrero is a heat machine. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they're going to make Andrade a heel except for to have Vicky next to him. So if they're going to make him a heel, they have to have Vicky next to him. That's what I think. What do you think, Zach? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Didn't Trinidad like quietly resign with NXT or with WWE? Yeah, she's back with uh, WWE at this point. Yeah. Uh, so that's out, which is a bummer because that would have been a better act. Um, but, uh, you know, it makes sense. Like, if you want to put him with somebody, I mean, the only, like, kind of, like, downside is I can see people saying, like, oh, you have, like, Vicky Guerrero, old WWE, uh, Andrade, old WWE, right? Like, but I feel like that's just kind of splitting hairs um that's really short-sighted though like they're both very good they're both really good at what they do i know you're not not like the wwe you know got both of them from the start and then you know groomed them up they went other places i will criticize aew for being too wcw you know i i i I on this people running out that's wcw uh, but on on this podcast i have criticized AEW for being w two wcw that is not what this seems like to me this seems like a fresh uh pairing (laughs) vicky guerrero is obviously very good at what she does you know she's been doing it for a long time it makes sense for AEW to get andrade and andrade is a he's a he's a slam dunk as long as they as long as they book him right and that's the yeah, totally. Thing. I'm just anxious to see what he does. Like, I'm excited for the matchup, especially because he's already going to be put in a main event position vicariously by being in the main event in Mexico. That's not going to be ignored on AEW television, um, regardless of the outcome. So it's not like, you know, he's going to kind of suffer um, and kind of like, you know, Miro had like a a long time of like, oh, what's he doing, right? Like, that's not going to be a thing with Andrade, I don't think. I hope not, because Miro, they paired Miro with Kip Sabian, who is fine. No, uh, no, I think that was Miro wanted to do his thing. This is something that he wanted to do, and then but Miro's, now Miro's promo on. this week, the first thing he said was he wanted to shout out to his wife for being hot, which... Oh, that's just him trying to get her a job. Yeah, but it's also him being funny. Like, he he really does have so much personality. It was so dry. He never cracked a smile. That's, I mean, that's, that's his personality, part, though. Yeah, that's, that's what the funny part That's what makes his was. personality so fun. And how spoiled are we that the lead off of this isn't uh, Penta and Pac going against the Young Bucks at the beginning to do 12 minutes in a fucking great match? And Eddie Kingston comes out to make the save for Death Triangle. And the Young Bucks were just making fun of Eddie Kingston while they went to the back. They're such good heels. Such good heels. Can I say? And we get like a continuation of a storyline because last, you know, Eddie Kingston had, you know, previous business with Penta and Phoenix. And then they addressed it. He had to meet with Pac. Yeah, exactly. So this is good storytelling. Yeah, when Eddie Kingston goes, hey, I know you guys hate me, but the enemy of my enemy is my friend. 
That's just just checking back that's in. That's all I need. Yeah, just that's check. All I just need. check back in and make that make, make sick, that just say one that one little thing. thing and it totally. Just so you don't treat me like an idiot. <laughs> okay. Just so you know <laughs> yeah, that exactly. I remember that. You know okay. exactly. We don't all have amnesia like something like actually happened. Like and Vince we does. All remember it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's selective amnesia on top of that. All right, so uh, all right. Before I'm, it's sad that I'm gonna have to do this during the AEW talk, but I'm gonna have to get out of here. But thank you guys for having me on, and uh, I will uh, talk to you next week. I don't know if I'll be on, but uh, I'll be on the road, so we'll see. Hey, thanks for being a guest, and uh, come back anytime. Ah, thanks. <laughs> be careful, see here. All right, so. Um, We'll go backwards a little bit. Okay. They announced Mark Henry as an AEW signee. What do you think about that? I don't, honestly, I don't have a huge problem with that. I think he's, this is going to be more backstage for guys like the Lance Archers of the world. Not like he needs it, but more so um, Powerhouse Hobbs, you know, making them feel bigger larger than life, you know, be the, the big guys that we we want them to be. That said, I don't necessarily want him to be in the ring. If he jumps in the ring, so be it. It should be a one-off at the most. I'm not sure how he's going to do on commentary. Um, commentary is different. I mean, you and I tried to do that shit, you know, when we did it, uh, when we first did the – the Gory Pro just kind of fucking around, and it's not easy, okay? No, not so easy. I'm kind of concerned with that. Ultimately, I think this is going to be more backstage than up front. We saw how Christian, you know, d- did the job for Jungle Boy. If Mark Henry gets in the ring, I think it, that would be something along those same lines. Well, hopefully. I mean, there'd be no other reason to have Mark Henry in AEW. I, I mean, Mark, it, Mark Henry's never been a workhorse. No. He's always been. He's been champion, so we we don't have to cross that box off. He's been cool. Yeah. You know, like really Mark Henry's th- cool. I like Mark Henry a lot. There's, when we thought, I don't see what the place for him in AEW when is. Well, we thought when Paul White was going to be in the Battle Royal and they gave us Leo Rush instead, I think that should be a, at least a cue of what could be going happen, what could be happening going forward. QT Marshall, and <laughs> go ahead. I'll let you finish. I'll let you finish. Go I ahead. just don't know what they're doing with Cody. So QT Marshall and the Go 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 against Cody and Lee Johnson. Uh, they go over. Cody and Lee Johnson lose. They end up, you know, beating up Cody. Right to the yeah. I think I watched this right. Yeah, and then. Uh, you know, a go-go looks the part, seems like a cool dude, seems green. Yeah, I mean, this was so third, fourth match. Yeah, so it's kind of like why they put him in this position to well, begin with. The booking is now jacked up, okay? In their singles match at double or nothing, the right hand didn't put Cody down. In this match, right before QT Marshall got the pin... Ogogo yaks Cody in the mouth, and now all of a sudden, right? QT gets the pin. Classic, you know, heel one on one. QT, you know, yeah, I did it by myself. You know, let's not, you know, talk about how the fact that Ogogo just, you know, put Cody asleep. But now that's to me, there's where the booking is the problem. 
it's the same punch, but it's two different results. Okay. If you, if you just did it one way or the other, I don't care which way you do it. For me personally, I would, like I said, I would have just had a go, go, go over at double or nothing and just been done with it. It's not like Cody is really, yeah. it's not like Cody's really in the, the main event scene. So at that point, when you do it again on Friday night, it's, it's now it's reinforced. This right make- hand is no joke. QT takes the fucking pin. Everybody walks away happy. Just make Cody the heel. Like, why is Cody even a baby face anymore? People love Cody. I mean, all bullshit aside, people love Cody. Yeah, okay. I mean, that's that's basically what I got. No, and I'll let it go. It's just, it's a personal thing of mine. It just seems to me like he's better as a heel. I remember him as dashing Cody Rhodes and all that stuff. Yeah, And I know that he's... It's kind of Cody's company as far as most people see it, but uh, the American Dream stuff, the way he came out looking like... When him and Adam Cole were basically running Bullet Club side by side, I think that was one of the fun portions of wrestling because it's a heel faction just running amok mm-hmm. and everybody's in chase mode. Mm-hmm. You build baby faces in, in that scenario and that was to me was watching Cody at least have fun. And that was, you know, fairly shortly after he left WWE. So I guess ultimately you can take that for what it's worth. But I agree totally. He's not the worst baby face, but I think he's better as a heel. Inner Circle comes out, cuts a promo. Uh, everybody talks except for. Um, help me out. Ortiz? Yeah, Ortiz. Everybody talks except for Ortiz. I don't know why Ortiz ain't talking. But everybody talks. Everybody has their part. Jack Swagger challenges Wardlow to a... Can you call him by his his, his fucking AEW name, for God's sake? Wardlow? (laughs) Wardlow. No. Jake Hager. Oh, did I say Jack Swagger? Yes. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Jake Hager. (laughs) Sorry. I mean... Old I habits. Know, yeah, right. Old habits. <laughs> I loved him. I loved him. I know, that's, what, that's what the funny part about it is. It, it was so I loved him. Freudian. You didn't even know it. Uh, Jake Hager challenges Wardlow. Is it Wardlow? Wardlow. Mm. Wardlow uh, to an MMA fight in the cage. I don't know if that's going to be. I, I assume that's going to be a kayfabe fight. I don't think it's going to be a shoot fight. Uh, I just watched the Brawl for All. Yeah, no uh, shit. You guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm ready for this feud to be done. I know that they're going for a rubber match. Do you think they're going to go for a Jericho versus MJF uh, singles match as the rubber match? Because Mm. they made it sound like uh, when Santana called out FTR, he called out FTR specifically. Yeah. Sean Spears just got buried. (laughs) And Jericho called out... MJF. MJF. So we're not getting another five on five match, obviously. God, I hope not. I really hope not. So MJF has to go over Jericho, right? Yeah. I, I think that's if it's it could happen one of two ways. It can be the five on five where once again they kind of booked it jacked up. If you wanted to go that route, you should have started with, you know, the singles and then built up to that point. 
have Stadium Stampede be the blow-off match, whatever the case may be. Obviously, you didn't do that. So I guess we're working ass backwards a little bit to the point where now you have MJF and Jericho. It's got to be a step match. I mean, at this point, you just can't have these two guys just walk in the ring and have this thing be a match. So, A, you got to figure out what the step is, and then B... MJF has to go over. I know I I might have jumped the gun a little bit where I thought the Pinnacle should have won both step matches, and that's fine. I'm willing to accept that. I was with you there, though. No, I, I had a little pushback on uh on Twitter, and and I can I can kind of agree with that a little bit where one one group wins. Do tell. Faction. You had some pushback on Twitter, huh? One one group, one, one faction wins one match. One faction wins. He's like, what the fuck, man? Do you not know how to, you know, feuds work? I'm like, well, yeah, but I mean, shit, in this scenario. Who was pushing back on you? Some fucking idiots? Yeah, you know. Yeah, some yeah, fucking yeah, Twitter idiots? You know how it That have never done anything in their entire <laughs> life? But now I know how to book matches like I do. Um, and I was just like, well, no, I don't think it, it should have been in that scenario because I really think that my keys are right there on the uh I can't open this beer. I know, yes. right there. It's gonna say like, grab my keys on the uh stop. Right there. Um I really think this is a scenario where I thought Pinnacle should have been booked stronger in the sense of having them win these matches and then having the inner circle break up. Because as far as I'm concerned, the inner circle doesn't even have to be a thing, okay? Sammy Guevara is over. Chris Jericho is over. Oh, I took that. Damn, that's right. Security took my shit off. Um, Find my... Never mind. Just keep talking. No, I was going to say, find my black bag. Jericho is over. Sammy Guevara is over. If you really put a an effort behind Santana Ortiz, they're over, especially with FTR apparently on deck. If you stop, you know, fucking around and doing stadium stampede shit and actually have them, you know, have matches, you know, winners, the number one contender, quiet as it's kept. I really think that Santana Ortiz is going to take the uh, the titles away from the Young Bucks. Nobody's in this room, so I can say this. And I'm calling it now. Santana Ortiz are going to take the titles off the Young Bucks. Now, all that being said, you can really do it to where the inner circle could have lost both matches, especially the Stadium Stampede match, and have them go their separate ways. Sean Spears might be getting lost in the uh, in the lurch or whatever. Um, Jake Hager, same way. He can get lost in the lurch. I don't think it's the end of of the inner circle per se. I think it needs to be more so about the pinnacle, especially when they're the new faction that needs to get over and you need to have them be as strong as humanly possible. But yeah, I mean, like the inner circle, man, just break them up. That's no, what they should have done already. I think, I think part of the reason why they're keeping them together is because they're getting ready to go out on tour. Cheers to you guys. Cheers to you. This is a very unprofessional pod. No, I was about to say, I should have let you go first. No, we're leaving everything in. 
Like I had to open up my beer. Eh. We left it all in. Now eh. we just did a shot. <laughs> it's not like we haven't done it before. I'll just say this, and then you can take it from here. The Pinnacle being the new faction, and there being... It's the Pinnacle. So how are you going to have the Pinnacle of wrestling factions lose significant matches? That, to me, makes... Little to no well, I sense. Mean, it's just a name. Like, like, do you think the best friends are actually the best friends? Or do you think me they and you are it, the best friends? They hug it out like best friends. Well, me and you hug it out. Okay. I, I, so are we the best friends? I'm I, just saying just because I, they I call like themselves. Think, a, I'm like, in, if not the inner circle, but like, you know, the second tier down. If, if like, you know, shit went for me? south. Yeah. No, you're in the inner circle, okay. dude. You're in the know. inner circle. We're the pinnacle of <laughs> we're the pinnacle of friends. I didn't know. I didn't want to, you know, I would, overrate myself. I would have thought, and maybe AEW thinks a lot more of MJF to think that he's being able to, you know, take these losses. I would have thought that Jericho would have put over MJF a lot harder. Now, this is not saying that Jericho hasn't put over MJF completely over the last year because they've been doing stuff. Those two together have been doing stuff forever. I just, the inner circle has been there since AEW showed up on weekly television. And I just think it's run its course and I'm not looking forward to another summer of building to another series of matches between FTR and LAX and Jericho and MJF and Swagger and Wardlow and uh, Spears. And I just said Swagger again, didn't yeah, I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I Spears and Sammy Guevara. I don't even think we're going to get the uh, that last match, honestly. I think no, Sammy Guevara, I, I think, is on the, the way to bigger and better things. Sean Spears, God bless him. You know, I hope his wife gets over. Is his wife, girlfriend, whatever. I hope... You know, Who, she Peyton gets Royce? over there sooner versus later. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, Kenny Omega and Don Callis have a funny thing backstage with uh, Alex Marvez. Then we have Jungle Boy and Christian versus Private Party. Jungle Boy and Christian... Christian sells most of the match. He does the hot tag to Jungle Boy, who gets the pin. After- no problem with that. No, the way it should be. No, that that is the way keep it should the, be. Keep the as, number as, one contender as hot as humanly possible. And it, it, you know, Christian's more than happy to do the job and to give Jungle Boy the hot tag. See the Mark Henry talk about, you know, is he going to be that? No, I don't think he's going to be that guy. I think it's going to be more backstage than well, Mark, yeah, Mark Henry is not the wrestler that Christian is. No, but I don't think he's going to come in and you know pull a Bill Goldberg and you know. Take the AEW championship no. off of Kenny Omega. No, I mean, of course that's just silly. No, of course not. And then uh, Matt Hardy uh, does a twist of fate on Christian. That's a match I'm not looking forward to. We've seen Matt Hardy versus Christian for literally, literally 22 forever. years. <laughs> I was going to say forever. Literally 22 years. I mean, the first TLC match was 1999, so they had probably been wrestling before that. Ugh. God. So twenty, let's say twenty three years. God, that's I'm a old. long fucking time. Um, I'll just assume that there's there's something behind that match that's going to bridge us to something else. I don't want to see on it. the surface. Well, yeah, I mean, on the surface, we've seen it. You know, what I'm saying, not unless you're just you know new to professional wrestling, 
you've seen that match in some form or fashion. So Can you I imagine being new to professional wrestling and wanting to watch those two geezers fight? If you don't know, you don't know. Okay, when when you have your child and you plop him or her down. What, little Jason Cornelius? No, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, never mind, I'm going to hold that thought. That I, I haven't, actually, we're going to do a poll. Okay, that's the next poll coming out. What is the what do you think the sex of Bill Vagie's child is going to be? Male or female? Obviously, we're just going to keep it simple. I'm going to put it up on Twitter as soon as we get out of here. <laughs> we're just going to keep it simple. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say because I know how you motherfuckers get. I know my guess. I'm going to keep it until the very very end. What's your guess? I'm not going to tell you. Say it. I'm not going to tell you. Come on. My parents won't tell me their guesses either. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Okay, Just... fine. Fine. Okay. If I, if I had to put money down on it, yeah. I think you're going to have a girl. Vicky Guerrero Vega. <laughs> I hope she ain't coming out that loud. Zelina Vega. Zelina Vega Vega. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good, actually. <laughs> I think you're having a girl. That's just my gut. It's not like I'm looking at her. I've switched like, now. You know, I have her, switched. Her stomach I, small or whatever. I have, thought I, I have thought that we're having a girl forever, and I've you, completely no, done a I, 180 now. And now I think just, it's a boy. Just in this scenario that I just painted right there, if you had to catch up on the pod and who's on your lap, I think it would be more ironic as it being a girl. Oh, my little baby. Right. <laughs> then a boy. That's just me. I'm on record. As long as you're going to throw it out there, I think he's going to have a girl. Thank you for telling me. Hey, I no think problem. it's a boy. Um, Team Taz comes out, and they call out uh, Adam Page. And Brian Cage is still moving towards being a baby face. I don't know if there's that much more to say about this, except Ricky Starks looked like he walked away pissed off. That he wasn't in the tag team match that was going to be. Well, I, I think we we all kind of know that he can't wrestle. So, in that scenario, it's it doesn't play very well into the the kayfabe portion of it. I get it. If if you never would have thrown out the fact that Ricky Starks had a neck injury, it could kind of play into this more. As it stands right now, I'm just kind of waiting to see the Brian Cage face turn. Because it's it's happening. It's just it's happening for sure. Uh, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page cut a pretty good promo on Sting, I th- and Sting and Darby Allen. I think it's kind of funny that Page and Sky say to Darby Allen, "Why don't you find somebody who's like, what? What were they even asking for? Find somebody who's younger, so we'll have a better chance of winning." It it just doesn't it make doesn't any make sense. sense. And that that that's my biggest problem with that. I mean, he uh, he's just like the only protection that Sting has is kayfabe protection. Right. That's it. Okay. So I beat you there. Now you're going to ask me to find somebody that is probably a safe bet younger than Sting. Maybe not as experienced as Sting, but younger than Sting. Who are, go- who else are they going to find that wears paint on their face? <laughs> about to say you can put anybody at that glacier point. does glacier no he yeah, i was about to say is he still alive is, Dink? Is that, <laughs> there's the bigger question Doink? um i guess there's my problem with sky and ethan page we're hitting their ceiling as a tag team your problem after that shit is with sky and page 
No, I'm just because my that- problem with that shit is with Sting and Darby Allen, who didn't even cut a promo. It was just Sting that came out and said thank you, and then Sky and Paige cut a pretty good backstage promo. Okay, with that, a decent heel boilerplate yeah. promo. I guess the logic behind the promo is my problem. Well, yeah. Okay. You want Sting to come back again. A, in, at least in kayfabe style. Kayfabe style. You want him to come back because you can. You think you can get him again. Now, moving forward, if it's not Sting, then obviously who who is it? I have no who idea. Who better than Canyon? Who's gonna, who is Sting going to put over? Is Sting going to put anybody over? This used, This was your problem for 20 fucking years, Jason. Your problem for 20 fucking years was that Taker didn't put anybody over. And you don't seem to, seem, you don't seem to have the same problem with Sting here in AEW. No, I, 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 had, I would. Yeah, oh, yeah, got him speechless. Yeah, got him speechless. Yeah, got him sputtering yeah, all yeah, over himself. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a very good point. Um, I'll just say this much. If you're going to go with track record for track record, at least, and I'm not going to say at least, Sting doesn't have the 10-year, 20-year track record of Undertaker with WWE. Uh, I'll just say 10 to be a little nice. Gracious. Do I, do I agree with what you're saying? Yes, I agree with what you're saying because I really think that Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page should have won at double or nothing because ultimately I don't think that Sting and... Darby are going to be that tag team. Now, see, can I can I take the AEW mark position here for a second? Yeah, and then let me shoot shoot it down again. <laughs> the W the AEW mark position would be, well, he's putting over Darby Allen because he's making Darby Allen. Darby Allen's getting all these. I think Darby Allen was already over before Sting even got here. But well, there's that. Yeah. And then you also get, which Paige and Sky leaned into in their promo, is that the only reason Darby Allen is there at all is because Sting is with him. So it's not really getting Darby Allen over. Darby Allen was already over. I agree. Darby Allen was over. I mean, D- despite whether or not I like him or not, he was over. Right. So he didn't need Sting. No. They decided to put him with Sting, which and is now fine. And, and now, now we're getting into now, that point. Now, it, now it's the Sting. It's the Sting show. Right. A I'm little like, bit. A little bit. I agree with that. I don't. I'll just say this. If we're going, if we want to go back to WCW, we can dig that up, and that's fine. I'll, I'm not going to sit here and say that I remember everything from WCW. I'll just say this. I agree with you for the AEW portion of this argument. It's really about staying, and he really hasn't put anybody else over up to this point in, in the two matches he's, he's been in. He, I mean, he's beat some guys up. Okay. He's gotten beaten up. Yeah, I was getting ready to say. But, I mean, it matters in matches. Matches matter. Whether... Whether you think wins or losses matter, the matches matter because we're talking about a storyline, and that's ultimately why we're here. We want to see where the story starts and finishes. The matches that Sting's been in, he's won. All right. We've talked about most of the other stuff that happened. We talked about Kingston and Death Triangle. We talked about Miro. Uh, Britt Baker comes out to do her celebration. She gets her heat back by acting like there's free stuff underneath the 
Ain't no freestyle. This, I, I know. <laughs> it's it was, it was good. Now that Rose comes out and throws the hamburgers, I felt bad for the guys that were sitting in the front couple of rows because they were just getting probably just, cold ass hamburgers <laughs> just hitting them in the. I paid what for this? Right. Um, I'll just say this: I like heel versus heel. I like face versus face because it's just different. It's non-traditional wrestling booking. Now that said. I think we could have done something a little better than Naga Rose throwing around burgers to get healed. No doubt. To, to get, not healed, but get they, heat. They had five days to come up with something better. Figure than it that. out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, looks like Evil Uno is fighting Miro. That Dark Order segment uh, where they were all cheering up Evil Uno actually pissed me off. I thought it was stupid as fuck. No argument here. Okay. Um, and then for the main event, really strange, really strange uh, idea for a main event, if you ask me. If you're going to have a schmoz, why don't you have a schmoz with Penta and Pack and the Young Bucks with Eddie Kingston coming out instead of having Dustin Rhodes versus Nick Camarado, your boy, uh, <laughs> and then a schmoz coming after that with Billy Gunn's kid, Billy Gunn's kid. Like, what's the... Uh, it was... It seemed like an end of raw segment where they were like, eh, you know what? We already had all our viewers. So now we'll just throw this on at the end. I can't, I cannot disagree with that. If you, if I, if it was me, I'd have switched it where this would have been the opening match. And then bucks versus, um, they clearly made a different decision probably because of the timing of the show, because the show started at nine central. And it was over at 11. Um, maybe they thought nobody else was watching. No, everybody's watching. I mean, it's it's not necessarily getting the factory over is kind of more of the issue than anything else. If there was a match where you had Dustin and Cody versus Ogogo and Nick Camarado, it should be a split. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how you want to do it. For me, okay, I get it. Cody's the guy. Cody wins at double or nothing. But this should have been the one where Nick Camarado wins. I don't care how you do it. Figure it out. Can whether I make, it's fuckery or not? Can I make a prediction? Yeah. The factory will never get over. You're not. You're not booking them to get over. So you're not making me. I'll just speak for myself on this. You're not making me want to invest you have a bunch of guys that are young that can do some things but then when push comes to shove let's just see um Giannis Antikopo okay you will you even tried to do the last name I, yeah, I respect I the it. fuck out I of that it. man I really respect the shit out of that because I don't even try it's just, <laughs> it's just Giannis let's get to that three counts <laughs> Just so you guys know, off of Mike, Jason and I have only been talking about the NBA playoffs. We do not talk about wrestling at all. We save all the wrestling stuff for the pod. Um, so the three count is going to be NXT. We're going to get to some SmackDown stuff in the odds and ends. If that's what you guys are waiting for, you can fast forward to that if you need to hear me talk about how great Roman Reigns is and how cool this story with the Usos is, but really we got to talk about NXT. NXT 
had a had a good had a good night. I would say I I really liked NXT's night, and one of my favorite parts about it was the very first match, which was Austin Theory versus Oni Lorcan. I am an Oni Lorcan mark. This guy can really go, and Austin Theory did a move that even Wade Barrett. The great Wade Barrett said that like he, that springboard uh, that, Spanish fly or whatever that springboard Spanish Spanish fly that Wade Barrett said he'd never seen before, and if he says he's never seen it before, I sure shit have never seen it before. That was fucking fun, man. No, it was a good match. Um, I wish it was when it did a little more heel versus heel, but then when you had Pete Dunn come out, that felt like the heel moment for. I'll just say for the former Kings of NXT and when Gargano came out, that felt like it was the face moment. So it was kind of like, you know, back to being even Steven. I thought the match was really, really good. I was kind of hoping that uh, Austin Theory would go over, but ultimately I don't have a problem with this. Yeah, it made sense. No, I was going to say Oni Lorcan is one of those guys that, to me where if he would have came in now, I think he would be more of a contender for maybe a North American title, you know, run. I think ultimately when uh, Danny Burch comes back, they'll be back in the the, uh, the tag team scene. But don't sleep on Danny Lorcan. He, oh, I'm sorry, Orny Lorcan. He had a 205 run where he was ultimately, you know, shot down for the championship a couple of times. But he has some good badass. matches on that uh, 205 He's run. a hard-hitting jobber, man. He, like he does said, a lot of jobs, but, but man, yeah, he is. Yeah, I say, the matches themselves are good. Him and Danny Burch hit hard, and they are going to be, once Danny Burch comes back, they're going to be a good tag team, and it'll be just add to the tag team scene. Whose vignette did you like better so it looks like we're going to have a million dollar for the million dollar title. We're going to have, which isn't a real title, but it was a title that used to exist back in the eighties, maybe the early nineties. Looks Got like we're going to have action too on top of it. We're going to have LA Knight versus Cameron Grimes. They both had vignettes before uh, the legend Ted DiBiase came out. Whose vignette did you like better? Because I know whose I liked better. And I think you know who I liked yeah, better, too. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to take the guess. You're going to say Cameron Grimes. So I'm going to keep to my guns and say my gut reaction. I like LA Knights a little bit better just because it fits, it fits LA Knight. I mean, I'm sorry. Cameron Grimes is funny. Don't get me wrong. For the record, so I, like LA Knight. I like both. But LA Knight, to me, just felt like more heelish to me the million dollar man was one of the best heels before i guess the 90s or whatever before nwo roddy piper was one of my favorite heels after roddy piper ted dibiase was the funniest slave owner in wrestling history and that to me leads me to la Knight because i think he could take that mantle and moving forward so does the winner of the million dollar belt does Ted DiBiase is is he their manager the whole time? I would have, Ted DiBiase's got better shit to do than that. <laughs> I'll just say this: if the million dollar belt is going to be like the FTR title, then I'd rather you just do this, hang it up, and let's move along. Don't have the winner run around with the title because then we're going to expect whoever it is. 
to defend said title. All right. Without getting into our predictions, then we had Bronson Reed and MSK come out and call out Legato Del Fantasma. And it's going to be a winner-take-all six-man match, which is MSK has the tag belts. Bronson Reed has a North American belt. And it's going to be Santos and LDF versus those three at in your house NXT takeover. Are you okay with that stipulation? It seems a little quick to me. It seems like that was some that that's something that would happen at the end of a of a program that has lasted two or three months and this is going to be the winner take all and then it's going to be done. Is that a little quick to you? Am I wrong? The hell no, you ain't wrong cuz as soon as they said it I was just like, okay, immediately I'm thinking Becky Seth uh, Corbin Ver- and uh, Lacey Evans. At least that had, as much as I hated, and I'm pretty sure that was like all my one of my worst views of the beef rewards. I think it. I think you picked it for your worst. Okay, angle because of the year. The, yeah. okay, so now this is why. This is how bad it was, at least for me. This will be a made, better worked match. Oh, without question. But I mean, damn, we just got here. Okay, can we not have two matches? Or like um, with Champa and um, Thatcher. Thatcher versus GYV, they're going to do it on Next TV yeah. the following week. One or the other, ne- you can do fucking, two separate matches. It is fucking unbelievable that Thatcher and Champa versus Grizzly Young Veterans are off it's, of this pay-per-view. And it, this one's on it. No, on, not even dude. that. Instead of Mercedes Martinez versus Zia Lee. Like, what the fuck? That could be on NXT proper. Of and course. Just be done with it. What are they doing? It, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. We'll talk about that in a second. I'll just say this. Just for the, the, the subject at hand, I'm just not a huge fan of the fact that you could have done this angle on TV, been done with it, versus now you're making it one big-ass match. One of the other... The bad part about it is I don't think they built up either or to where they could be a match on its own. So now they're being cute and trying to do it as one big-ass match. We'll save the prediction for later. I'll just say this. One of the other should have been a match on the pay-per-view. The other shouldn't. Uh, Io Shirai makes her return. To Candice LeRae, uh, next to that pop star. I don't know what that chick's name is. Poppy, who's fucking up uh, Dexter and uh, Andy Hartwell. So we'll talk about EO first. Um, I, I was waiting, honestly, and, and maybe it's going to happen after uh, SummerSlam because the rumor is the WWE is going to have a draft after SummerSlam. I think it's the, uh, the that following uh, weekend. I think SummerSlam is the, the third weekend of... August. August. Then they'll have the draft that final weekend of Fuck, August. That's a that's sorry, man. Right when my kid is getting born. This kid is ruining my life. <laughs> <laughs> so with that being said, I I really thought that EO was going to go Hey, unborn baby. You're a nerd. I really thought that EO was going to go up to the main roster beforehand, but now that being said, this feels like this is keeping EO around until we have this rumored, and I'm just going to keep it as rumored until we see otherwise. 
this rumored WWE draft. At that point, I expect EO to go over. This doesn't feel much to me more than just saying, hey, EO's still around. Don't forget about her. You know, you can't bully Poppy because she can do this, you know, drop of an album on her fucking cell phone. All right. God Pred- bless her. Predictions are coming up real soon, but I, I really want to talk about this last segment because it was Karen Cross was standing in the ring <laughs> talking ton of shit saying, hey, come and get me. And then Kyle O'Reilly shows up in his jean jacket, which... Cool Kyle O'Reilly. Which Johnny Gargano goes, are you really going to stand there and be, <laughs> be talked to like that from a good. guy with a jean jacket? Johnny That's Gargano started to get good. so... I mean, he could be my best, my favorite wrestler going in WWE. I'm, I'm so glad Zach's going. I'd say he might have a you know a mini orgasm. Oh, he loves. Like well, I've always loved Johnny Gargano. I, this is not a Zach thing. I'm a Johnny Gargano guy too. No, Whoa. you saying that? Whoa. You saying that in this scenario he might have had a mini orgasm? It was really good. Uh, Pete Dunn, Karen Cross was getting picked on. This is what I keep saying about Karrion Cross is that I don't think he's a heel at all. He this, was get, is a, this is a baby face. It's moment. a baby face move to say, I'll take everybody, even if I don't get pinned to lose the belt. Fuck you guys. Everybody come at me. That's a baby face move, even though he's not really packaged like a baby face. And all of them were really going at him. About how shitty of a champion he is. <laughs> I'd say, damn, he just got the title. Jesus. I know, but that they were really saying that. Yeah, they're on him. I mean, Adam Cole was saying that. Pete Dunn was saying that. Adam Cole is, I'm sorry to cut you off, but to me, Adam Cole is the star of this whole fucking well, match. Adam Cole's the star of every match he's, he's in. He's the star of NXT as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I, know one guy, I know this guy has the title, but it, everything didn't matter until... Adam Cole kicked Kerry Cross in the mouth. And then that's why I was like, uh oh. Oh. I, I knew it too. I was like, when he was oh. up on that screen, I was like, he's gonna come he down. Kinda, it was just when and where. And then when, you know, it felt like Cross was that guy and he was on top of things. Next thing you know, here comes fucking Adam Cole and laying him out. Baby. So <laughs> It was a it was guess, a good segment. No, it was a it was a good segment. It just took a little bit to get there, but then once the ball got to rolling, then I was like, okay, I'm I'm I was a little I'm still a little trepid about this fatal five way, but I think it's it's gonna work itself out. I'm not sure how it's going to get done, but I think it's gonna ultimately be a good match and be a good close to the uh takeover segment. All right. That's gonna do it for our three counts. Hope you guys enjoyed it. All right. You know what time it is, right? Mm-hmm. It's time for predictions. So, in your house, NXT TakeOver is this week. Sunday. Sunday. Exclusively. On Peacock. On Peacock. For those uh, Impact fans, Impact on Plus, Impact Plus against All Odds, Moose versus uh, Kenny Omega. That should be a good-ass match as well. Plenty of other undercards, but who's versus Kenny Omega should be a, a good-ass match. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So let's start off with Mercedes Martinez 
versus ZLE. Uh, for no, it's just a, they're just mad at each other. Nothing on the line. They're just pissed. Yeah, right. Um, I'll go first. I got a problem with just at least the booking of this because, I mean, if you're ZOE and Bow, I mean, goddamn, how much ass kicking do you have to take? And then you have to jump Mercedes Martinez from behind. I mean, distractions, all this other, you know, smoke and mirrors. ZOE should be a fucking monster at this point. She should have been racking up fucking match after match after match, victory after victory, and now you have Mercedes Martinez in her way on the way to the title. All that being said, I'm going to still take take Lee on this one. I just don't think that Mercedes Martinez, and don't get me wrong, she's an amazing talent. Just booking-wise. She's awesome. She is awesome. Booking-wise, I really think that this is going to be more about Lee versus Mercedes Martinez. I agree, but I think that Mercedes Martinez might be the most talented woman save for you Shirai, save for you Shirai on NXT. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that cuz I mean, I'll, uh, honestly, I, I will also take XL. Honestly, I would say this. And maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't. If she would have never went to the main roster with Retribution, Things could be a little different for Mercedes Martinez. I'll say that and leave it at that. All right. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez versus Ember Moon for the NXT Women's Championship. Um, oh, I should also say that Zach also took his eye lead. Um, huh. I'll let Zach go here first. He goes with Raquel Gonzalez. I'll go next. It's too early to take the belt off of Raquel Gonzalez. I think that Ember Moon is a better wrestler. I think that Ember Moon is a better personality. I think that overall, she's a better talent. But they obviously see something in Raquel Gonzalez. So I see them keeping it on Raquel Gonzalez. I would concur on all accounts. Uh, Io Shirai coming back isn't necessarily an accident especially when they cross paths backstage i think they do that one more again before eo goes up to the main roster i'll take raquel gonzalez as well all right let's get in some fun ones please bronson reed and msk versus legato del fantasma the winner takes all i'll let you go first god i wish you did I'll go this far. If they wouldn't put a winner-takes-all step on this, I really wouldn't have taken my prediction either way, whether it's singles or tag team. I'll take the baby faces on this one. Bronson Reed just got it. And I really think that the winner of, was that uh, GYV versus Thatcher and Champa? Yeah are the next guys up versus, in this case, I'm taking MSK, obviously. So, yeah, MSK and uh, Bronson Reed to retain. I wish I would have put the Thatcher, uh, the Thatcher Champa versus GYV on here. I wish that I wish that match would have been on the takeover. Yes, yes. I think that there's no way they take it off of MSK right now. They, no. I, I could see them taking it off of Bronson Reed. Is that what you just said? 
Essentially, yeah. It's, it's just too early. Okay. I love Santos Escobar. Yeah. Love Santos Escobar. Yeah, he's badass. Okay. And obviously he's want, not gonna take the he's not gonna take the pin. No. It'll be one of the, they the are, other two guys. They are super high on MSK. And there's no way they're taking it off of MSK to put it on Zima Ion and that other guy. <laughs> Raul Mendoza. <laughs> you ain't shit. God damn, you uh, pulled out Zima Ion. <laughs> I like Zima Ion. No, he's all right. Uh, Zach has the same thing. So okay. then we have Cameron Grimes versus L.A. Knight. I'm going to let you go first. No, I'll go first. I, I know, I know, I know yeah, who I'm taking. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I know who you're taking. <sighs> I like the angle. I like the whole build to this. It's um, been good. It's been, it's been good. It, it feels like it's two guys basically going for the same goals. But they're going about it two different ways. I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't go to the uh, refrigerator. So you're you're fine. <sighs> Fuck. I really want LA Knight to win it. I really do. It just feels right. He would be such a good fucking heel, running the million dollar fucking legacy, making kids do just all kinds of ignorant shit for a hundred bucks. When I was nine, I did I did a ten cartwheels for a hundred bucks. Do you? I don't want to hear what okay. I don't want to hear what you would do for a hundred bucks when you were nine. I didn't know anything about more than that. That being said, I'm gonna know. take Cameron Grimes. Joke I just made. <laughs> You're right. Might, might be the filthiest Jesus. fucking joke. Right. I'm like, dude, I'm nine years old. What the fuck? I'm gonna take Cameron Grimes on this one. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> oh no, maybe you shouldn't get that other fireball. Uh, I'm gonna take Cameron Grimes. I just. I think ultimately, if they even if they don't make Cameron Grimes defend this title, I think this is the ultimate move that's going to get Cameron Grimes over more. I really think LA Knight slash Eli Drake is already over. Cameron Grimes needs a little bit of something. I think this might be a little bit of something. I think if the Cameron Grimes has paid his dues, I also think that this feud will not be done with this no. and they're going to let it ride for a little bit longer and I think the idea of LA Knight being super frustrated with a cocky Cameron Grimes is a better story than Cameron Grimes being frustrated with the super cocky LA Knight because Cameron Grimes is such God damn. like this is such a this is I didn't such a, think that I would like this as much as I really It's such a comedy do. angle, and Fuck it's been yeah. a really good comedy yeah. angle. When they both pulled up. Dude, we, it's been good. <laughs> I was like, oh, here we go. Here we go. It's like, well, you can try that, you know, whatever piece of shit back over to the uh, And that's why I like. L.A. Nice driving himself. Cameron Grimes is having somebody drive him. So it's that dichotomy off the jump and how they are approaching this match itself it's been different there's not so a whole there's not a whole lot of good comedy angles that this don't, has been one that don't the, involve Toriano this is oh, <laughs> um, this has been one of the better ones so for the for the NXT championship heavyweight Fuck championship yeah, I'm, your way. I'm gonna cut that out later no, yeah. um, so I'm gonna let Zach go first just okay. so you can see what I've seen so from least to most Zach has Johnny Gargano is the least. Mm. What the shit? Kyle O'Reilly. Then he's got 
Pete Dunn. Then he has Karrion Cross. Then he has Adam Ooh. Cole, baby, as the most likely to win. I'm going to go a little opposite here. Or not completely opposite, but I'll, I'll let you go last. Okay. I'm going to go Pete Dunn as the least. Really? Yeah. And then I'm going to go uh, Gargano. You know, this is fucked up because it feels like they're not high on Karrion Cross. Either that or it's the way for them to put Karrion Cross over the hugest. I'm going to Karrion Cross the most likely. I'm going to go Kyle O'Reilly the second most likely. I'm going Adam Cole third. So from least to most, I'm going Dunn, Gargano, Cole, O'Reilly, Karrion Cross. Oof. That is not what I thought I was going to do when I started filling that out. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's like you're filling out a like a <laughs> NCAA bracket. You know? <laughs> Oops. So, oh, shit. Stanford, oh, yeah. <laughs> Stanford's beating Duke. Oh. They rebound very well. Um, yeah. This they is, do. Uh, Stanford does rebound very well. Um, shout out Mark Madsen in the house. I was um, just going to say Mark Madsen. Yeah. We're so old. <laughs> <laughs> that dude has already <laughs> retired. <laughs> He's got what? From one? the NBA. He's got a ring. Just one? Uh, maybe two. I was going to say, I thought you had two, but neither here nor there. I'll look it up. Um, least to most, uh, least I'm going with Johnny Gargano. I think that no matter what happens, I think he can always jump back in to either the the main title, the picture, or the NXT title, or the uh, North American title picture. <sighs> Shit, here we go. Um, man, damn. I'm going to go Pete Dunn fourth. There's no reason behind it. I think, once again, Pete Dunn could easily jump back in for the winner. God damn it, I hate this shit. I'll go Kyle O'Reilly three. Um, somehow, I think he gets the winner of the last two guys that I have left on deck because you can make a connection either way. I'm going to go with the fact that the WWE draft is upcoming. I'm going to go... Adam Cole to I'm gonna go Kieran Cross to retain. It, it, it makes sense that at, if anybody picks Adam Cole, it makes sense. I wouldn't have a problem with that. You can run back Kyle Riley, Adam Cole. You can run back uh, Kieran Cross, Johnny Gargano. There's options, and that's all what I always say about if you're gonna make the title change, you, you better have options moving forward. Adam, Adam Cole has a ton of options. Kyrian Cross is starting to lose a little options. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. It just, I think the fact that I don't think I know who he is is a problem. But I still think he's going to retain. But you're taking him number one. I still think he's going to retain. I think, they, I think they don't take him. If they had to take one or two of those two guys, Cole or Kyrian Cross, away from NXT, to move to their main roster because ultimately that's the move. Adam Cole is ready. Kieran Cross isn't. 
This is banned from ringside. All right, we got some odds and ends here. Uh, Roman Reigns is doing tremendous work with the Usos on SmackDown. Tremendous. He coached. <laughs> I mean, just I mean, that's really great storytelling. I mean, the fact that the Usos lost in the opening of SmackDown and their shoulder was up, but Reigns was still pissed off. And then Adam Pearce stops the Mysterios as they're leaving. Right. And tells them, no, you guys got to come back. And they're like, okay. Okay. All right. And then then they won again because Roman Reigns says, I got to clean up you guys' mess and starts clocking and then fucking puts the hurt on Dom Mysterio. It it makes sense because as a good little uh, midway title match for Roman Reigns, he's going to fight Rey Mysterio probably. I mean that makes sense. No, Rey Mysterio is a he's a, going down. He's a Hall of Fame SmackDown guy, you know. No, it's going down. Um, I, I don't have. I, I'll just, I'll say this, and I've said it multiple times. This is one of those pay per views. I think Roman Reigns could take the pay per view off. The fact that you're having it on there on here is great, but we all know what's getting ready to happen. It's just now, how do you get from Rey Mysterio to who's next? I mean, who cares? Just worry about what's in front of you. SummerSlam's right? up. I mean, shit, you got to pack. SummerSlam's in you Vegas. You have to pack So the rumors, the, thank you for bringing it up. Great segue. You're a pro. Uh, the rumors about SummerSlam is that it's going to be John Cena versus Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. Does that get you excited? Um, it, it would make me more excited if it was Lashley. I'm sorry, if it was Lesnar versus Roman because you have Paul Heyman as the middle guy. I think that just it takes care of itself. Um, Lashley, I think Raw is just in. The, it's just it. It's in such a funk right now to where even if Lashley beats Drew, I don't think that's enough. Raw could be the the worst TV show on television. It is awful. Despite where AEW is plummeting in their Friday night segment, Raw is is plummeting even worse. The end of Raw was that fucking segment with Alexa Bliss or whatever you call it, Alexis yeah. Playground yeah. with Shayna Baszler. Yeah. I mean, it turned into a, like a fucking shitty horror movie. Yeah. Well, but don't you need to have Lesnar versus Lashley? Aren't we looking forward to that? That's, a, that's what Lashley wants. I think that's what either way. It's as, long as, as long as Lesnar's in this mix, I think that would be great. I'll, 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 take, a, I'll take a step back. If I had to pick it, I would go... Lesnar, Lashley for SummerSlam. And then if Roman Reigns, which I would think he would hold the title to WrestleMania 2022, now bring me Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Yeah, but you can't really plan out like that because you don't know who's going to be hurt. You don't know if there's going to be another fucking pandemic. No, I agree. Life is now. You got to live it now, Jason. Live it now. Fuck. Okay, if you're gonna make me take it right now, then I'm give me Roman versus uh, Brock Lesnar right now. Just be done with it. So that way, now Roman Reigns gets his mark. gets his fucking redemption. This guy is a mark. Keep it moving. Sorry. Uh, the Viking Raiders are the new number one contenders against 
AJ and Omos. You know, on an NXT in an NXT show, they could have a great Fuck match. Fuck that. They broke up the hurt business for this bullshit. Kiss my ass. I hope fucking AJ and Omos stomps a whole a motherfucking mud hole in their Milwaukee Drive. This is banned from ringside. We got some birthdays this week. Uh, Sheeta, Akara Sheeta is 31. Mark Henry, the aforementioned. Multiple. 50. That's it? Yep. Jerry, I'm three years older than Mark Henry. You're three years younger than him. Yeah. God. Jerry Lynn, who's a fun guy. Fun wrestler, Jerry Lynn. 58. <laughs> What's that supposed to be? Hold up. What's that supposed to be? Jerry Lynn had a bunch of good matches. I've seen a bunch of old Jerry Lynn matches. I like watching them. Didn't he fight RVD a whole bunch? Yeah, he did. Didn't he? Yeah, he did. Are, are you throwing shade on Jerry Lynn? No, no. Okay, not just, a, that's, no, what, no, no. that's what I was. Uh, that's ultimately where I was going. Didn't Jerry this. Lynn and RVD have like a bunch of classic matches? Yes, sir. Or am I completely no, off? No, ECW. Because all these fucking nerds on okay, uh, see, on Twitter, they they come at me when I say <laughs> stuff like this. It's the end of the podcast. I've been drinking for an hour and a half. I might have had here a couple shots. I might have smoked Two, a, a bowl. One. And these guys, but didn't Jerry Lynn have a bunch of good matches? Yes. No, RVD. I wasn't throwing no, shade at him. I know. I just, okay, that was, when you were like, you know, you're rolling your eyes or whatever at the beginning. Did I roll my eyes? This is me at the end saying that Virgil. You, I, this motherfucker is only 59. I'm calling horse shit on that. <laughs> I don't know. I looked it up on the internet. Virgil's oh, birthday is this week. So everything on the internet's right? No, not necessarily. <laughs> There's so many jokes there. But the, I'll but take 59. But, yeah, I'll take Virgil at 59. Fair enough. I hope he's okay. He's still alive. No, I know he's still alive. I just hope he's okay. Dude, Virgil is getting more love on the internet past, you know, beating Ted DiBiase like 20 years ago than he could ever have at this point. Chuck Palumbo from the Billy and Chuck. Chuck <laughs> Palumbo played, okay. played basketball at... Southeast Missouri State in you Cape Girardeau. You love this angle. You love this angle. Oh, I love Billy and Chuck. I hated this angle. It was the it was the first gay thing you had ever. It still like the only gay thing you've ever seen on Without wrestling. Question. I mean, and it was fun. Man, it was it. funny. It was funny. It. You didn't like Rico? No. <laughs> uh, Bailey is thirty two. Mm. Ultimate Warrior. R.I.P. Obviously. I mean, rest in piss. Uh, he's 62. He would have been 62. Have you seen the dark side or the... I got them all recorded. Okay. I started watching the Jimmy Snooker one today. You know, fuck Jimmy Snooker. Dark side Jimmy Snooker? Yeah, I'd never you seen it. You haven't seen it? Seen it? Nah, wow. nah. I started watching it today. Because I have Hulu, so I went to watch the one that you and Zach were talking about. Right. The Grizzly Smith one. And there, is, it's not on Hulu yet. It's only on my TV. So right. I could, I'm watching on my iPad while I'm working. Don't... Don't listen, bosses. But I started watching it and I was like, oh, Jimmy Snooker, like, he should yeah. die. Yeah, <laughs> he should have gone to jail. <laughs> Amongst other things. Uh, <laughs> Ultimate Warrior 62, Jungle Boy this week, 24. Couple weeks, man. Yeah. Big title match against Kenny Omega. Keep, if he holds the title. Keep it going. Jungle Boy, you're a stud. Hey, everybody. We know there's tons of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you listening to our podcast. Sega Daddy. For Vice. Check. For Tinder Mahal. For Lucha Chris. Check. For Murray the Murray Man Murray. For check, check. 
F&B Eatery, for Bill's Beer Company, for Jack Patrick's, for really? Jason Cornelius Bell. Check? Sure, yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> Double uh, check. Support your local weed dealers. Yeah. Support check. your local restaurants. <laughs> Black Lives check. Matter. And Damn everybody skipping. boo the heels. Boo.